In the name of Jesus. I was only second or third grade, but it just blew my mind when I learned about this woman. This woman who was blind and deaf at the same time. I tried to wrap my head around it as a, as a young child, but how can you? To not be able to see? To not be able to hear? To rely on just touch? What a difficult life that must be. And so I took my fingers and I plugged my ears and I closed my eyes real tight and boy, it seemed dark. Dark and, and foreign. And maybe you've been in a place like that before. And not just physically speaking, but it seems like there's no light, there's no sound, and what can you do? No communication with anyone. How do you learn? How do you do the things that you like to do or want to do? Helen Keller was born June 27, 1880. And she was born with sight and with hearing. It wasn't until she was 19 months old that she came down with some sort of sickness. Most scholars today think it was scarlet fever or meningitis that rendered her blind and deaf. Can you imagine her parents not being able to communicate with their child? What do you do? And so they did what any good parent would do. They, they reached out to help. And shortly later, a man by the name, or a woman by the name of Ann Sullivan came to visit little Helen. She brought with her a little, a little baby doll that Helen could touch and feel. And then she took Helen's hand and she spelled out the word doll, D-O-L-L. -L. Helen didn't understand at first. And some stories indicate that she might have taken the doll and flung it across the room in anger and frustration. And then handed her a mug and spelled out the word mug in her hand. And as the story goes, Helen picked that up and threw it against the wall. But can you imagine the frustration of having your life turned upside down like that, of not being able to communicate, of not being able to learn? But then, after much diligence, after much instruction, Helen Keller writes this in her autobiography, I stood still, my whole attention fixed on the motions of Anne's fingers. And suddenly I felt a misty consciousness as of something forgotten, a thrill of returning thought. Somehow the mystery of language was revealed to me. I knew then that W-A-T-E-R meant the wonderful, wonderful, cool something that was flowing over my hand. The living word awakened my soul, gave it light, hope, and set it free. What a light bulb moment that was for Helen. To finally, after all those years, be able to, to not only learn language, but to be able to communicate. And communicate she did. If 
you know any of your history as well. She became the first blind and deaf person to earn a college degree. For Helen Keller, life was open to her, the world, in a way that her parents never could have gave to her. In our gospel text for today, there is a man who is deaf and has a speech impediment. Jesus has been traveling around as Jesus does. Jesus is, after all, concerned for people's lives. He's concerned about your life, the times that are dark, the things maybe that you can't hear or the things you don't want to hear. And Jesus is doing as Jesus does, healing and preaching about the kingdom of God now come to this life of darkness. For he is the light of the world. And so they bring this man to him. And they beg him, Lord, have mercy. Please, Jesus, lay your hand on him. His, his life is so difficult. This man had not had a light bulb moment, had not had the opportunity that Helen Keller was able to have. Jesus could have had a Trinity Broadcasting Network moment. He could have brought in a film crew, could have had people there with their smartphones tweeting and Facebooking and recording this amazing miracle, but Jesus is concerned about this man most of all, not what the world thinks. That's what you should be concerned about as well, what your Lord has to say, not what the world thinks. And so Jesus takes this man aside privately. We don't know if there was a doll or a mug involved or other conversations. What we have recorded for us is that Jesus did something a little strange. Stuck his ears, stuck his fingers in this man's ears. Spit and touched the man's tongue. And even more than that, which seems a little weird, Jesus sighs. Not a, oh, I've got to heal someone again kind of sigh. The kind of sigh that you might have with doing the work that needs to be done of dealing with the difficulties with those that you care for. A sigh of concern. Jesus' sigh originates. It's, it's shplakna. It's compassion. It's his whole being. He cares for this man. He knows that his quality of life is not good. And Jesus desperately wants to teach, wants to reveal, wants to heal. He wants to give this man a life that he couldn't have. A life that he didn't have. Just kind of like how Helen Keller's life was no doubt changed. And so he says, be opened. And Jesus, who is the Word of God, by the way, God incarnate, Jesus who is the Word and the Word that always does what it says it's going to do, what it's been sent to do, does exactly that. The man's ears are opened. His tongue is loosed. And he was able to speak plainly. To communicate. To have a life here with his family and his friends. That same word that did that for this man is the same word that still comes to you. To absolve you of your sin. His word that comes and and, and makes in simple bread and wine also his body and blood. 
His word that we read and teach to our children. Jesus, the word still at work. But it seems strange to you, doesn't it? Like trying to understand how someone could live like this. Or trying to understand what Jesus does. It might seem strange to you in just a little bit when during divine service setting three, the pastor sings the Lord's Prayer. Have you noticed that? Long-standing Lutheran tradition. And you might think to yourself, oh, those selfish pastors, they're taking the Lord's Prayer away from us. Do you know why as Lutherans have had the pastor sing or chant the Lord's Prayer at that time before the Lord's Supper? Because we believe that Jesus is here teaching you how to pray. You need Jesus, don't you? Do you want him to come and teach you? Do you want him to come and heal you? You see, Helen Keller's parents, I, I guess they could have said to themselves, oh, she'll figure out how to communicate on her own. We'll just leave her alone. Some parents today do that. We'll just wait until my kids are older and let them decide whether they want to be baptized or not. Or we'll let them decide whether they want to come to church or not. Or we'll let them decide what they want to eat. Do I need to continue? You parents, especially this rally day, God has given you these children to train them up, to teach them. And not only that, but all of us are spiritually dead in our sin. We are this spiritually. But the word of life himself comes. And he opens our eyes. He looses our tongue to confess our faith, to sing alleluias. He equips us to go and share this joy, this life that we've been given with our neighbors, with those that live around us, to share with them this wonderful message of forgiveness of sins, life and salvation, to bring them here to this place. That's what we celebrate this rally day. That's what we kick off this year with the start of our classes and all of our activities. Opportunities for light and life of the world, Jesus, to continue to give us sight and to give us hearing. Jesus, after all, is concerned about you and all people. It was Jesus himself who, by his very ears as he hung upon the cross, heard the jeers and the insults, the mocking and the scorn. Jesus, who shut all of that out, to shed his blood there upon the cross for your sins and mine, for the situations not only that we get ourselves into, but that which sometimes happens because it's a sinful world, the darkness and the deafness, he comes. Jesus, who utters not a word, who like a lamb before its shears is silent, hangs there upon the cross, conquering sin and death, and bringing life and immortality to light through his glorious resurrection, that you may see, that you may speak, that you may serve in this life, giving to those around you, because Christ, your Savior, has given these things to you. God grant us such a fervor, such a zealousness for this faith, for this gift, that we would come here and continue to receive that which we poor, deaf and blind and dumb sinners need. 
and that we would as well share that precious joy, that precious hope with those we encounter, and that we may bring our children, that they too may receive this eternal healing, this eternal life. God grant us such a faith for the sake of Christ. In the name of Jesus.